Christmas season in our culture is gift giving. And uh, I've noticed that there are different kinds of gift givers. There are the gift givers who ask you what you want, and then they buy the thing that you said. On the other end of the spectrum, there are those gift givers who don't, don't care what you say you want. They know what you want, and they buy you the thing that they're sure that you actually wanted. There are those who, who spend the entire year uh, planning out, listening to what you say, making a list of the things that uh, you have said throughout the year that you wanted, and then they end up shopping from that list and really surprising you. There are those who buy their gifts uh, days in advance, or weeks in advance, or months in advance. There are those who you have like your, your note app open right now, and you're hoping that somebody gives you an idea because you still have some shopping to do this afternoon to take care of. Uh, there's all kinds of gift givers, good and bad. There's also uh, different kinds of gift receivers, like moms. They don't care what their kids get them. It could be the junkiest, worst clay urn ever made in a school art class, but mom is going to love it. There are those who will love any gift. There are those who are selfish and greedy, and, and you didn't meet their expectation, and Christmas is ruined. There are those who receive a gift that they don't want and will never want. And so what do they do? Eventually, they become another kind of gift giver. They become uh, a re-gifter. So they'll take that tacky tie or that giant bottle of perfume that stinks or that homemade sweater that's really ugly, and they'll find a way to give it to someone else. Sometimes families just exchange gift cards. At that point, we're just handing money to one another. What are we doing at this point? Uh, what, gift giving is, is a thing at Christmas. Gift giving, gift receiving. Now, it's Christmas Eve, and so we're going to hit the Christmas story for sure. Uh, you kind of already sort of heard the story a second ago, and we're, we're going to remind ourselves of the story. Look in uh, Luke chapter 2. We're going to get there. You can turn in your Bible to Luke chapter 2. But this morning, I want to tell you that Jesus has given us a gift, and he expects us to re-gift it. So at the end of Jesus' life, he was telling his disciples that he was about to leave. And what he meant was, he was going to die, he was going to be buried, he was going to be raised from the dead, and then he was going to ascend to his father, so they wouldn't see him anymore. Now, this was hard for Jesus' friends to swallow because they had been with him for three years. They had left everything to follow after Jesus, and now it felt like he was abandoning them. So Jesus uh, kind of spent some time to tell them many things to try to help them. One of the things he tells them is in John chapter 14. It'll be on the screen. Jesus tells them, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Jesus gives the gift of peace. In the midst of uncertainty, questions, turmoil, grief, anxiety, worry, and sorrow, 
Jesus tells his friends, my peace I give to you. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't let your hearts be afraid. See, Jesus gives us peace. Jesus gives us peace. Now this peace from Jesus, it actually doesn't come from nowhere. Uh, The Old Testament prophets anticipate it. The story of Christmas begins long before the birth of Jesus. The story of Christmas is the fulfillment of promises from centuries past. Hundreds of years before Jesus is born, there's a prophet named Isaiah, and he wrote about the one who is to come, the one who would come and bring his people back. Isaiah foretold of a king who would come to save. In Isaiah chapter nine, he describes what this king would be like. What are his characteristics? What are the roles that he would play? And listen to what Isaiah writes in Isaiah chapter nine, verse six. It says, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Isaiah was explaining in his prophecy that humanity had been trapped in the darkness of a spiritual exile, but there was a king that was going to come, and he was going to bring us all home, and one of the roles that he was going to play is that he was going to be a prince of peace. Hundreds of years before Jesus promises the gift of peace, the prophet Isaiah anticipated the prince of peace. These prophets, they anticipated this gift of peace, but then we get to the Christmas story in Luke chapter two, and we see that the angels announce what the prophets anticipated. See, Jesus is born to Bethlehem, born in Bethlehem to Mary. She wraps him in swaddling cloths and she places him in the manger. And and we see in the text that in the same region, there were shepherds who were keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with fear. If you place yourself in that story, you can imagine what kind of fear they felt. Their hearts were troubled. Their hearts were worried. They were uncertain, they were confused, they were anxious, and then the angel tries to put them at ease, and listen, uh, Luke chapter two, beginning in verse 10, listen to what the angel tells them. The angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you news of a great joy that will be for all the people, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord, And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. The angels announced that the king, that the the prophets had promised is here. He has been born. You can come and you can see him. This baby is God's gift to the world. 
It says that the angels were praising in the heavens. Glory to God in the highest. They were praising in the heavens. But what was happening on the earth? Peace towards mankind. Peace. The angels announce what the prophets anticipated. God is sending a king to make peace with man. And then at the end of Jesus' life, he tells his disciples, in the midst of their grief and turmoil and sadness and anxiety, I'm giving you peace. Peace. That's what God wants us to have, peace. But what is it? Have you ever received a gift on Christmas Day that you opened and you looked inside and you thought, what is this? What is peace? I have this snow globe sitting here. Consider this snow globe. We get these uh, out at our house when we decorate for Christmas. I found out uh, yesterday that uh, my youngest daughter actually just keeps hers out year-round. She's festive. Snow globes are beautiful. Some of them play music. Some of them have a light inside. They have different scenes on the inside. But what is common among snow globes is that when you shake it or you turn it upside down, what happens? It begins to snow. And it's beautiful, isn't it? The snow globe has been around for a couple of hundred years because it's, it's beautiful. But what if you lived inside that snow globe? Imagine what that would be like. You're minding your own business when all of a sudden the world begins to shake. Have you ever felt that way in life before? Like life is so out of sorts that it feels like even the ground beneath you is shaking. Have you ever felt that way before? Like when you got that news or you discovered that lie or you got caught in that lie or when that event happened, all of a sudden the world is turned upside down and you don't know if you're gonna make it in the middle of the shaking, the last thing that you can think about is having peace. The Apostle Paul in the New Testament, in his letter to the Philippians, he, he encourages us not to be anxious. When times are tough, don't be anxious. Listen to what he says. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So what the Apostle Paul says is, don't worry about anything, instead pray. Instead of worrying, you should pray. Well, man, that, that sounds a whole lot like a, a meaningless thoughts and prayers kind of thing, doesn't it? So I just, I just turn off my worry and start praying, that's how that works? No, he says what will happen, the Apostle Paul continues, what will happen if you pray instead of worry? Listen to what he says, the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So instead of worrying, you should pray, and then what will happen? God will give you his peace. Notice that he doesn't say that the stressors will stop immediately. Notice that he doesn't say that immediately your life is gonna get better if you will just pray. What he says is that you'll find peace in the midst of the storm. 
that even though everything is shaking, you'll be able to reflect on the beauty of the snowfall. You see, as someone has said, peace is not the absence of crisis, but the presence of Christ. The prophets anticipated it. The angels announced it. Jesus offered it. Paul says we can take hold of it by prayer. Peace is a gift from God. And did you know that peace is a gift from God that God expects us to re-gift? Not because we don't want it, but because we think everybody else should have it. In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers. Peacemakers are blessed. Uh, Biblical peace is more than just absence of conflict. We think about peace and war. It's more than just the absence of conflict. To be at peace means to have a sense of wholeness and completeness and well-being. So that means to be a peacemaker is to be someone who is seeking the well-being, the completeness of someone else. To be a peacemaker doesn't just mean to avoid conflict. That's passive. It's an active thing. Not a peace hoper or a peace wisher, but a peacemaker. To be a re-gifter of God's peace. So if you're gonna be a peacemaker, that means that you do everything in your power to restore a relationship. The Apostle Paul wrote to the Romans. He says, as long as it depends on you, be at peace with everyone. Build bridges to other people, even when they're the ones who keep lighting them on fire. Like you tried time and time and time again to make things right, they just keep shooting you down. Peacemakers try again. And Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers. Why are the peacemakers blessed? He tells us, for they shall be called sons of God. Sons reflect the character of their father. My my grandfather was a whistler. That man could whistle any song and he would do it all day long. My dad, his son, is a whistler. He, he could whistle all day long. Now, I'm not very good at whistling, so I just, I do the next best thing, and I just sing all the time. I am my father's son, and my father is his father's son. If you would be a son of God, be a peacemaker. Sons of God make Peace, that should be true of us because it is true of Jesus, the Son of God. The Bible says that without Christ, that every single one of us is at war with God. In Romans chapter five, Paul tells us that we are God's enemies. Jesus is the king. He he deserves our very lives, our every priority, all of our devotion, but we haven't given it. We have been selfish We have lied. We have held on to bitterness. We have been unforgiving. We've let our eyes wander. We have coveted things that do not belong to us. And the Bible describes this as being at war with God. But Jesus, the Son of God, is a peacemaker. And in Romans chapter five, verse one, 
Paul tells us that through faith, we can have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus died on the cross. He rose from the dead that you and I might find peace with God by faith. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. If you would reflect the character of your father, beginning today, you will be a peacemaker. I want to leave you with this question. In what way do you need the peace of God this Christmas Eve? How do you need the peace of God this Christmas Eve? Do you need peace with others today? Is there a relationship in your life that's fractured, that's broken, that needs the completeness, the wholeness, the peace of God? How can you bring that peace to the relationship? Do you need peace with others today? Do you need peace in your mind today? The Apostle Paul told us to pray instead of worry. And, and when you pray, it's not that your troubles will go away, but God will give you his peace. Do you need peace with others? Do you need peace in your mind? Or maybe this morning, do you need peace with God today? Do you need peace with God today? Maybe you're not a church person Maybe you, you grew up coming to church, but as you think about things, you would say, yeah, that's me. I need peace with God today. You take hold of that peace by faith. You surrender your life to the Lord Jesus, and you can do it this Christmas Eve. How do you need the peace of God today? 